Psalm 33:12 says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance." And we've all heard about the rise of atheism and the, it's the harbingers of doom for faith. Groundbreaking research in 2017 showed that the fastest growing religious demographic is the, the, the people that claim no affiliation whatsoever. It was all over the news, the rise of the nuns. It's not the Catholic uh, uh, ladies. It's the nun, N-O-N-E-S. Um, and and, um, and no doubt it's true in America that that, that is, we, well, that's not front page news. The worldwide picture is much different. Actually, worldwide, atheism is on the decline. Um, uh, one of the biggest reasons is that atheists tend to have fewer children than religious people. And through just birth rate alone, uh, religious couples have between 60 to 100% more children than atheists do. And it's being seen all over the world. So let's, let's shine a little bit of truth on this, that atheism is actually a dying philosophy. Um, other than the children issue, uh, atheism has destroyed every society that has adopted it. And we're going to talk about that today. <clears throat> Um, and so it is necessary for us to understand, especially the young people in here and parents of children, because there's a juggernaut trying to go for the minds and hearts of our children and young people, and, uh, and we need to shine the truth on that. This series is all about getting our minds right so we can believe right. And the plain simple fact is atheism has failed every single society that's ever adopted. And you say, well, how's that? Well, one of the observations that I use in life to discern whether things are good or bad, true or false, is this. If you want to know the truth about something or someone, look at what happens when they have power. It's a great, great discerning tool. Power is the great revealer. If you want to know the truth about Christianity, look at, what, where, what, look at places where Christianity is the majority and has power. If you want to know the truth about Islam, look at, the tr- look at places where Islam has, has power and is the majority. If you want to know the truth about liberalism or conservatism, look at the places where they're the majority and have power. If you want to know the truth about atheism, look at where it is the majority and has power. And power reveals, like I said, the true character or lack thereof of anybody in any thing. You want to know who a person truly is? You really want to know who a person truly is? Give them power with no accountability. And you'll see exactly what kind of person that person is very quickly. Okay? Societies where atheism is in charge, uh, where God is banned, where atheism has power, have all been utter disasters. You won't hear that in public schools or in public discourse today or on social media. You won't hear it from Hollywood or Madison Avenue or any media platform that has influenced our thoughts and culture. And so I've come up with three false statements that I have basically believe, I've heard uh, in so many words uh, that I'd like to counteract and then we'll move into the rest of it. The false statement number one is this. I've heard this. He's an atheist because he's so smart. I don't know if you've heard that one. But the cultural mindset is that atheism is the intellectual uh, path. It's the, it's the discerning path. It's where all the smart people go. Well, the true statement is this, is atheism, like everything else, is based on faith. Don't let anyone tell you that it's based on fact. It's based on faith. The atheist, like the Christian, does not know. They're, the atheist does not know there is no God. They believe that, but they don't know. The Christian, like, like, just like us, we don't know that there's a God. We have faith there is, but we don't know. God designed it that way, okay? I don't have to have faith that there's a music stand in front of me. I can see it. There is no faith here. Now, I do have to have faith to, to say, I believe this will be here tomorrow. Now, I can make a pretty good case for it because inanimate objects aren't in the habit of walking off and, uh, and everything, but someone could come in. I have to have faith that this will be here tomorrow because I don't know. Now, uh, okay, in the same way, 
There will be no faith in heaven. Did you know that? No faith in heaven. Because you will be able to see God with your own eyes. You will not need faith. We need faith here on earth. God designed it that way. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, this, Without faith it is impossible to please God. So anybody who's getting their you know, bristles up by saying you don't know there's a God. No. God wants you to have faith that there is a God. Because that is way it, 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 is, it is pleasing to him. Okay? And atheists, on the, on, 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 among other things, has to take a lot of things on faith. And the, a, a, an atheist must agree with what I consider to be an absurd statement. And this is what an atheist must agree on. That things that don't exist are capable of creating themselves. Now I think that anybody who says something that does not exist can create itself needs to be put away in an asylum. They need to call for the white coats. I think that. But not only does the atheist, must the atheist admit that something that doesn't exist can create itself, but it has to, uh, they have to do with, with what I believe to be the, the most ridiculous, that life is the most complex thing on this planet. Can we agree on that? Can the most skeptical among us agree on that, that, that the human life maybe is more complex than this music stand? Can, can, we, can we agree on that, that life is the most complex, that's a lot easier to make a music stand than it would be to create a human being out of thin air? Can we agree on that? Okay, so not only must the atheist believe that things that don't exist can create themselves, the atheist has to admit that the most complex thing that's ever existed on earth is capable of creating itself. Okay? And see, I, I, no one in here would agree with this statement that this music stand that didn't exist created itself. It wasn't here one day, and... All of a sudden, it was over a period. Let's, let's even give it five million years, okay? No one in the right mind would agree that that is, a, that, is a complete, that is a true statement. No one would agree that that is probable. Yet, the atheist must agree that a human being, which is a million, zillion, quadrillion times more complex than music stand, is capable of creating itself. Atheism is not the intellectual option. It takes faith. More faith than I have. I don't have enough faith. To be an atheist. False statement number two is this. With God removed, we will finally move forward with science and technology. Heard that one? Yeah, with, with God removed, we will, be, we will finally move forward. All the scientists and technology, all that kind of stuff. Well, the true statement is this. Societies founded upon Christian principles are the most technologically advanced in the world. Let's this theory. Let's take society founded upon atheism. Let's take North Korea, for example. North Korea, is that the shining bastion of, uh, of, of, of scientific progress, North Korea? Is, is it more tech, scientific and technological in America or Germany or Israel or the nations founded upon Judeo-Christian philosophy? No. Is North Korea setting the world standard in healthcare? Uh, it, it, it invent the airplane, the cell phone? Is it, is it responsible? Or is, is the atheistic uh, country of North Korea responsible for anything that has made life better? No. North Korea is a fourth world country with starving peasants, little electricity, etc. You say, well, that's just one country. Okay, point taken. Let's take another country found upon atheism, the former Soviet Union. I'm a, I'm a Cold War baby. I'm a Gen Xer. I grew up in the waning ear, in, ears of the Soviet Union. Uh, I remember Gorbachev and Reagan summits where we were trying to decide not to destroy ourselves with nuclear war. I remember all that. I grew up with all that. Um, the Soviet Union had nuclear weapons. You say, well, look at all the technology that, well, 
because technology they stole from America. Americans Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were convicted and executed in 1953 for treason of selling nuclear secrets to the Soviets. Okay? So, but on the contrary, let's take a look at science and technology from a country that has been based on Judeo-Christian ethics. One of, my, one of my heroes is a guy named George Washington Carver. He was an amazing guy. Look him up, Google him, study him. He is amazing. One of the most brilliant scientists in American history. From his work at Tuskegee, George Washington Carver developed approximately 300 products from the peanut alone. 300 from the peanut. A peanut. It's a peanut. I just, I just eat them. But he figured out 300 things to do. From, these included flour, paste, insulation, paper, wallboard, wood stains, soap, shaving cream, and skin lotion. All from the peanut. Carver is also credited with the innovation of crop rotation, which has led to a, basically America feeding the world. He said this. George Washington Carver said this. When I was young, I said to God, God, tell me the mystery of the universe. But God answered, that knowledge is for me alone. So I said, God, tell me the mystery of the peanut. And God said, well, George, that's more nearly your size. And he told me. When testifying before Congress, showing his inventions and products made with a peanut, an astounded congressional chairman asked, Mr. Carver, where did you learn all this? From the Bible, Carver. You can actually go look up the congressional record. It's actually, I, I, I took this straight from the congressional record. From the Bible, Carver replied. Does the Bible tell about the peanut? The chairman asked. No, sir, replied Carver, but it tells about the God who made the peanut. I asked him to show me what to do with the peanut, and he did. Like I said, I grew up in the 1980s when, uh, when, when Reagan was president, and he used to tell a joke highlighting the Soviet Union's lack of technology and production. He, he, he said, Der Commissar went out to one of his collective farms to check on the progress the peasants were making. And he went up to a peasant and said, Hi, hey, peasant. How are the potato, how's the potato crop this year? And the peasant says, ah, to Commissar, there's so many potatoes that if we piled them up, they would reach the foot of God. And to Commissar barked at him, goes, hey, this is Soviet Union. There is no God. And the peasant said, that's ah, okay, to Commissar, there's no pile of potatoes either. You know, basically, the technology and innovation is not found in atheistic societies. The third false statement is this. Christianity represses people. Without Christianity and its outdated morals, people be happier and freer. I was taught this in college and in my secular education. I was taught this in not so many words. That once we shook off the, the uh, repression of religion, of Christianity in particular, that society would blossom, that would be freer and more tolerant and more prosperous. And that is what is being taught to our children today, too. Well, the true statement is this. Society is founded upon atheism and those violent, most repressive regimes in history. It is estimated that communist countries founded upon atheism are responsible for more than 100 million deaths of their own people in the last century alone. Last month, I was asked to pray at a prayer rally for the Ukrainian people in, at Frankfurt. We prayed on the state capitol steps. Pretty amazing. Now, about half the crowd was actually Ukrainian. I don't know if you know this, but there's a huge Ukrainian population here in Nicholsville and Frankfurt in central Kentucky. And the pastor of the Ukrainian Pentecostal Church right down the road from us, our neighbor, um, went before me, and he said this. It never ceases to amaze me that we're standing in front of a government building having a prayer meeting. He grew up in the Soviet Union under the thumb of communism. He said, we would be arrested for this in the Soviet Union. 
He said, my father was a pastor and he spent 10 years in a Soviet gulag because he was preaching the gospel. If you ever want to know what happens in an atheistic society, simply talk to someone who's lived in one. Half the Ukrainian prayers that day were thankfulness to God for living in freedom. He's, I, I met um, a, a young man there from Ukraine whose name was Alex, grew up, in the, grew up in the Soviet Union, and he was at European Delights as I was finishing up this sermon on Friday, and I recognized him. I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, you remember at the prayer rally when y'all were talking about what it was like in Ukraine? He says, is there anything that you want my church to hear about this? Do you, any, I'm preaching on this. Is there anything you want the people of Catalyst Christian Church to hear about living in an atheistic society? He said this, tell your people that under an atheistic government, you're not allowed to preach in prisons, not allowed to preach in schools, there are no public prayer rallies. He said, my mother was trained as a nurse and was not allowed to work as a nurse because she was not a member of the Communist Party. She had the wrong beliefs, she had the right skills, the wrong beliefs, and she was, dis she was, she was not allowed to work as a nurse. Fruit of atheism. Does that sound like an enlightened, free, enlightened, free, or more happy society? The three largest mass murders in history have been Chairman Mao, Joseph Stalin, and Adolf Hitler. They're all avowed atheists. Are all, are all atheist mass murders? No. Are all, are all societies based on atheism the most violent and repressive regime in history? Yes. The reason they're this way is because something happens when God is removed from a society. Okay? There's a four-stage descent into totalitarianism. I'm going to describe them right here. All right? Presence of God dictates their immoral absolutes. There's right and there's wrong. For example, the Ten Commandments. You should not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. These are absolutes given by the Judeo-Christian philosophy. In a society where atheism is the norm, those absolutes are gone. Okay? When God is removed from society, the absolute truths are removed as well. Let's pose a problem because humans can't live in a society without absolutes. Without an outside objective standard, right and wrong, there are but four stages that follow. The first stage is this, and you guys can see this in American society right now. First stage is this, is that moral relativity. What's right for you may not be right, what's right for me, and that may be wrong for you, but that's not right for me. Okay? This, was, this happened in the 90s. I was told this. In, my, in college and everything, that, that what's right for you may not be right for me. These kind of, this moral relativism okay, that happened, that, that entered America in the 90s. Okay? The second stage is this, conflict between one person or set of people who believe one way and believe people who believe differently. The third stage is this, separation into camps or tribes, each believing themselves to be the right side and the other to be wrong. And then the fourth stage, which is the atheist morality standard, who rather than what determines something right and wrong. Now, for example, let's take the statement that stealing is wrong. That's a, I don't like being stolen from. You probably don't. That is an objective moral standard. As long as people agree on that, it doesn't matter if they're Republican, Democrat, left, right, black, white, it doesn't matter. As long as we agree stealing is wrong, we can live together because we agree on that absolute. However, if we go into stage one, where we don't believe that stealing is wrong, some people do, some people don't, that's right for you, it's not, that's, but it's not right for me, then we have a problem. Because pretty soon, people who don't believe stealing is wrong are going to steal from people who do think stealing is wrong. And then all of a sudden, there's conflict. That's stage two. And the third 
stage, after that conflict, because people don't like to live in conflict, they separate into tribes. They separate into tribes of people that don't believe stealing is wrong, and separate into tribes of people that do think stealing is, is okay. And they form their little echo chambers. And soon, after their echo chambers are here, then they begin to demonize the other group and the other group until the fourth stage is, is that as long as it's my team, it's okay, and if it's your team, it's wrong. Doesn't matter what is done, only who is doing it. That is the fourth stage of, of atheistic morality. And we're seeing stage four in our country right now. Let's take 2020, for example. Let's just pull a scab off a, a, a wound here and let's discuss it. President Trump in 2020 started Operation Warp Speed to rush a COVID-19 vaccine. He said everyone should get vaccinated. In 2021, newly elected, uh, elected President Biden said in this exactly the same thing. He, should, he said everyone should get vaccinated, literally the same words. But the reactions could not have been more different. When Trump said get vaccinated, Twitter blue checks lit up all over the place saying, I'm not, I don't trust that, I'm, I, you know, I don't believe him, no way, this is, I'm not taking that poison. You can actually go back because the internet's forever and see those. When Biden said get vaccinated, they marched in the street and called everyone who didn't get vaccinated anti-science. In the other camp, when Trump said get vaccinated, his people were agreeable. Yeah, sounds great. I remember a clip of Sean Hannity, conservative cocksho host, saying, American greatness and innovation at its finest, because it was his guy. When Biden said get vaccinated, they hit the ceiling, accused the government of trying to interfere with their lives. Literally saying the exact same thing, but it didn't matter. Because when objective morality is removed, the only standard left is my team. As long as my team is saying it, it's good. And if your team is saying it's wrong, that's what's left in an atheist society. Several years ago, the topic of sanctuary cities is bringing it a little closer to home. Sanctuary cities was all the, all the rage. Certain cities were uh, stopping the enforcement of immigration laws and failing to deport, depart, deport people. And, uh, and the right shouted, you can't ignore the law. And then here in Jessamine County, upon threats of gun controls, it was declared a Second Amendment sanctuary uh, 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 county right across the street in our courthouse. There's a big rally where it was declared a Second Amendment uh, sanctuary rally. And the left shouted, you can't ignore the laws. See, it doesn't matter what is done, only who's doing it. As long as my team's doing it, then it's okay. And if your team is doing it, it's wrong. That is the inevitable morality standard of an atheistic society. And that is where we are today. Why did Chairman Mao kill so many of his own people? Estimated 45 million of his own people. Because they were on the wrong team. They had the wrong opinions. They had the wrong thoughts. They had the wrong beliefs. And because even though if you, if, if you would ask him, murder, is murder wrong? Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter because it's their team. And therefore, I can do it. And the people in his tribe were completely fine with mass murder, mass jailing, suspension of human rights, things they would never, ever allow happen to themselves. But because the only more standard was the fourth stage, as long as it's my team, I'm good. <clears throat> Society with objective truth. T tribe doesn't matter. Murder's wrong. Doesn't matter who does it. Doesn't matter if you're liberal, conservative. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian. Doesn't matter if you're male, female. It doesn't matter. Murder's wrong. That's in, a that's in a society with objective standards. So those false statements of atheism, 
I want to deconstruct that. Then I, now I want to tell you there are four ways that God blesses a society. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We've seen that, that atheism has ruined every single society that's ever, uh, ever adopted it. But this is, what, this is how God blesses society. This is why we in America can never allow ourselves to, to uh, become an atheistic country. Number one is this. All people have inherent worth as God's creation. Uh, Genesis 1, 26-27, this is what uh, people who, who believe in God, who, who have a Judeo-Christian ethic, believe this. God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them the Judeo-Christian ethic is that all people, all people, have inherent worth, not because of how good-looking we are or because we're in the right tribe, but because we're made in the image of God. Therefore, the, the, the lowest bum in the gutter, the criminal in the Jesuit County Detention Center, the suburban soccer mom, the Wall Street CEO, all are infinitely valuable, not because of who they are, because they were made in the image of God. Of God, And when a society adopts that and lives by that, everything changes, you all. You see the people around us having inherent worth. And I cannot tell you that this sentiment is not the norm in the world throughout history. All right? The belief that the, that the addict, like I said, all those people, uh, the, the, the lowest to the highest, is not the norm. I've been in societies where people are assigned their worth. Not based on being created in the image of God. They've been assigned their worth in their place of society. I was in Nepal in 2012. I conducted my first healing service there. I'd never been to a healing service before. They were out in the middle of nowhere. And hundreds upon hundreds of people started showing up. These were the poorest people I'd ever seen in my life. I had never seen such poverty, such brokenness in these people. And I asked my host why these people, I mean, they, they, people with broken, broken legs, crippled, broken arms, all kinds of diseases, everything is unreal. And I asked him why they didn't go to the hospital, the doctor, you know, stupid American. And he looked at me like I had three heads. And he said, these people are not allowed in hospitals. They are the low caste. You have the same thing in America. I said, no, we don't. No, there's no one that is barred from a hospital. And he, see, he looked at me with his, with his, he said, these are, these are the untouchable people. God heals them or they die. Like I said, people with broken arms, diseases, legs, deafness, blindness, their society did not believe that they had worth. They've been told their whole lives that they were the untouchables. They were barred from society. I asked one of the teenagers who was in the church there if she'd ever like to come to America. She said, I can't. And I said, yeah, I guess it's pretty expensive. She said, no, I, I, I can't. They wouldn't let me in. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, I am low caste. America wouldn't let me in. And I said, yes, we would. We, we don't have a caste system. We, all you are is a human being. That's all you are. You're, 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 there's no caste. And she looked at me like, 
stupid American. This guy doesn't know anything. She couldn't fathom a society where people are made in the image of God and therefore have inherent worth. That is one of the ways God blesses a society. It is not the norm. It does not exist in places without Judeo-Christian mindset. The radical concept that all people were made in the image of God and therefore an infinitely valuable simply because they're human, I think is one of the greatest ways God blesses society. And we as Christians must live that way. The second way that God blesses society is this, that God commanded us to value the most vulnerable, especially children. Matthews 25, 20, 37 through 40, Jesus tells a parable about the end of days. He's going to gather everyone before him. He's going to separate the sheep and the goats. And he says to the people, uh, the righteous, come into get come into heaven with me because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was sick and in prison, you came to visit me. And the, and the righteous in verse 37, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison go to visit you? King replied, truly I tell you what you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. God blesses society by telling us to protect the vulnerable, the ones that have been cast out, like I said, especially children. Historians that study societies before Christ are shocked to see how the least, vulnerable, how the least of these, the vulnerables, were treated, particularly children. In, in societies without Christ, before Christianity, infanticide was common. There was a, was a, a, a process called exposure, especially if, uh, uh, if it was a girl, uh, didn't want girls because they were an economic liability. They would take the girls and, and leave them on a hillside and let the elements or wild animals kill them. It's called exposure. Very, 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 very common practice in societies without Christ. When Jesus said, let the little children come unto me, do not hinder them. That was revolutionary. Revolutionary. Children were not valued at all. Like I said, infanticide, pedophilia, neglect, abuse, those were the norms in societies without Christ. It is no coincidence. It is no coincidence that as we move further away from God as society, that pedophilia has reared its ugly head once again. Pedophilia, child abuse, infanticide, they are the norm in human history. We in America cannot fathom that, that there are laws that stop you from killing your children. Those didn't exist in societies before Christianity. God blesses society by telling us to care for the least, the elderly, the widow, the orphan, the children. As a matter of fact, society can be judged by how it treats its least. Number three, the way God blesses a society is that the, the, all humans are under the same authority and we judge by that authority. God blesses a society by saying, I'm going to judge everyone. You say, well, how is that a blessing? I'll tell you how it's a blessing. Look what Revelation 20, 11 through 15 says. And I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small. Great and small. Let's put those Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and the bum in the gutter. Great and small. Standing before the throne. Everyone, regardless of position or power or influence, skin color, language, tribe, 
everyone. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in, in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. The dead in Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is a second death. Anyone whose name is not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. In other words, it does not matter how much money you have. It does not matter your position, your political position. You will be judged. And that is a blessing on society. Because people behave very differently when they know they will face accountability than when they don't. If you don't believe that, i got a bridge to sell you. One of my college psychology classes, one of the few things I actually learned in college, it was actually pretty cool. Um, uh, we saw a study of theft by Kmart. Anybody remember Kmart? Yeah, Kmart, okay. They were actually, back in the 90s, Kmart was really big, okay. And they were having problem with shoplifting. And they hired security, marginal uh, marginal influence, not much shoplifting went down, plus uh, they were expensive. So a loss provision specialist at Kmart came up with a brilliant idea. He went and bought a bunch of mirrors, and he put them on every column and on every wall, especially around high theft items. Shoplifting dropped 50% in one week. Why did that happen? Was it because people were too busy looking at themselves in the mirror to steal? No, not at all. When they saw themselves in the mirror, it gave them the sense that someone was watching. And 50% of shoplifters, upon realizing that they're being seen, didn't commit the crime of shoplifting. You want to know why there are mirrors everywhere in department stores? Because of that study. You go into Walmart, there are mirrors everywhere, especially in high theft areas. Because when you believe you're being seen, you act very, very differently. When the concept of judgment, being held accountable for wrong actions is in a society, it works out wonderful. People behave very differently. Crime goes down. Assault goes down. When you believe you will be held accountable for your actions, you actually turn into a very decent human being. And that is how God blesses a society. A society that will not face any judgment whatsoever. That believes that nothing matters for eternity. Well, all bets are off. I'm going to do what I want. And the last one, this is my favorite, is that Christian sexual ethic primes society for optimal function. You're like, what in the world does this have to do with anything? Look, look at what Genesis 2, 23 through 24. The man said, Adam, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she's taken out, taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Throughout history, we've seen empires come and go, rise and fall. Byzantine, Assyrian, Babylonian, Roman Empire, etc. And to a, to a T, every one of them, at the twilight of their time on this earth, has been marked with rampant sexuality. Yeah, it's amazing, teenagers. You aren't the first ones to discover sex. It's been going on, and it's been at the tail end of every great society that's ever fallen. There's been rampant sexuality. And if you, look at, like, if you look at the last days in the nation of Israel, for example, temple prostitution, adultery, homosexuality were extremely common. Prophets who warned Israel repeatedly about God's coming judgment talked about these things repeatedly, and no one listened. The same is true of the Roman Empire. Before the Goths and the Visigoths and the Vandals raided from the north, Nerom committed cultural suicide by adopting hedonism as a national pastime. Orgies, adultery, free sex, homosexuality were hallmarks of the culture before it fell. Why is rampant sexuality so prevalent in declining societies? Well, simple. 
Well, family unit is the glue of society, the key of society. All right? When sex is commonly expressed outside of marriage, society breaks down. This isn't front page news. Not front page news. We all know the breakdown of the family is the cause of most of the ills plaguing society. We all know that. Uh, divorce, single parenthood, children growing up without fathers. So this is highly correlated with poverty, crime, being a victim of a crime, and dropping out of school. In contrast, the Christian sexual ethic of, of celibacy and singleness and fidelity in marriage is perhaps a society for optimal performance because it encourages strong families. Now, I'm a collection of 75 trillion cells. So are you. And the cell is the basic uh, unit of the human body. Healthy cells equal healthy body. When you get sick, it's because your cells get sick. A virus invades your cells, and you're sick at the cellular level. All of you suffers. In the same way, sick families leads to a sick society. A, a dysfunctional cells will lead to a dysfunctional society. Okay? Even non-Christian sociologists state this. Society has a vast majority of children growing up and married for life. Two-parent households, if out-of-wedlock births hover between 5 and 10%. This is what they found out. We'll never have 0%. It just won't happen. If entire neighborhoods have fathers at home disciplining their children before the police have to, the society will be strong. Christian sexual ethic leads to strong families and therefore strong society. And as our family moves further and further away from God, marriage rates are going down. Single families are becoming more and more and more prevalent. That's not to bash anyone because single families are tough. Single family, single parenthood is, parenthood is hard. Single parenthood is even harder. That's why we love the fact that you're here. This is where you need to be. You need a family like we are, okay? But uh, as we, as we, out of wedlock births are hovering around 41%. And that is, that is going to cause, have major ramifications for us. This is cells of the fundamental unit of the body. The home is the fundamental unit of society. I'll invite the band. Come on back up. Psalm 33, 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When we do things God's way, when we allow God to bless us as a society, when we find the path of life that God has for us as a society, we will be blessed. Do not believe, kids, teenagers, young 20-somethings, those of you in school, do not believe the lie that atheism leads to prosperity and freedom and everything. It doesn't. In the movie Moneyball, Brad Pitt uh, had a great statement. They were talking about baseball players. And the guy said, well, uh, so-and-so's a really good, really good hitter. And Brad Pitt said, well, if he's a good hitter, why is he a good hitter? His batting average was way down. If he's a good hitter, why is he a good hitter? If atheistic societies were so great, why aren't atheistic societies so great? Call that the Moneyball criteria. If atheism is so great, why isn't the Soviet Union still here? If atheism is so great, why isn't North Korea the shining example of technology and progress and human rights? It's not. So what you're being taught, kids, about the removal of God is completely wrong. And we'll either learn from history or we will make the same mistakes ourselves. Let's honor God with our families. Let's honor God in our church. Let's cast out the false lie of atheism. And let's look at what happens when God blesses a person, a family, a church, a city, a state, a nation, this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.